Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we've got a crazy story of a twin stealing an identity. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is she lost her job because of a slap. Almost. If you've never been slapped before as an adult, you probably won't relate to the rage I felt and still feel about this incident. Before I get into all the juicy bits about what exactly I did to get back at the person who slapped me, let me explain what led to the slap so you can understand why I went as far as I did in revenge. I worked at a tech gadget store earlier in the summer and it was the best time ever because the money was okay as a bonus to my freelance editing gigs and I got to learn so many cool things on the job. But when the assistant manager, I'll call her Flack, found out that I was dating her friend's younger sister, things took an unfortunate turn. How didn't I know that they knew each other? Well, my girlfriend absolutely hates Flack and never mentioned her to me because she didn't even know where she worked. But one day, when my babe stopped by to join me for lunch, they saw each other and it was quite clear that the emotions were mutual. Despite asking my girlfriend what had happened between them, she kept insisting that Flack was simply proof of the few times that her elder sister's choices had been wrong. I wasn't interested in digging any deeper since the only contact I had with Flack was when she did her managerial stuff like putting me on schedules and handing out paychecks. And my girlfriend never stopped by the store again. But things started stirring up when I ran into Flack and my girlfriend's sister. I was picking my girlfriend up at her sister's apartment and Flack was hanging out with my girlfriend's sister when I got there. I said my hellos but Flack didn't respond and my girlfriend's sister directed me inside. I tried not to overthink it, but by the time we were back at work the next day, I saw that I'd been put on back-to-back offloading duty. For context, I'm in uni studying computer engineering, and she had me moving huge boxes from the back of vans to the back of the store while customers came into the store with technical complaints. But she was my assistant manager, and I knew better than to act like I was above the job since it was filling the practical requirements for one of my courses. So I moved boxes for a whole week and told my coworkers who asked about the suspicious scheduling that the assistant manager had to have her reasons. It felt like punishment, and when I spoke to my girlfriend, she confirmed that it quite probably was punishment. For what? A guy who had left flack. About two years ago, long before I met my girlfriend, Flack had been dating a D-bag who wanted to move to my babe, and when she refused his advances, he told Flack that she'd come on to him and painted this stupid scenario that Flack believed. And what made it worse was the fact that the D-bag broke up with her three months later and she blamed it on my girlfriend. It wasn't enough to make her cut any ties with her best friend, my girlfriend's sister, but it was enough for her to act like my girlfriend was dirt off the ground, and by extension, so was I. So I dealt with the snide comments and awful tasks and made it clear that she couldn't cross any lines with my girlfriend. 
And that last bit is what took things from bad to worse for me. The guys I worked with in the hardware repair and upgrade section of the store were super cool and had tons of experience, which was the only reason I stuck with the job after finding out what went down with Flack and my girlfriend. But I came very close to quitting about two months into the job. My girlfriend had avoided the store after figuring out that Flack was the assistant manager, but there was one evening when she was waiting outside for me to finish a shift that had been extended. Unfortunately, Flack spotted her before I was done and gave the security guard who had just resumed that week a tip-off that my girlfriend was scouting the store in an attempt to commit a robbery. It was the sound of my girlfriend's frustrated voice that drew my attention towards the door, and I saw that the security was trying to get her to move away from the store while she was trying to explain. By the time I got to them, he apologized to her and said he'd been notified of suspicious activity, and it didn't take a lot to guess who was responsible for the notification. I was so angry that I was ready to abandon the job and find something else, but my girlfriend convinced me it wasn't worth it, so I went back inside to find Flack and tell her to back off my girlfriend. I remember telling her that whatever her personal problems were, she should try and keep it out of her professional space. And that was what did it. For about a week after the altercation and me telling her off, Flack was point-blank horrible to work with. She demoted me for insubordination because I told her to give me a minute to wrap up a customer's software update before helping her pitch an experience laptop to a different customer. I was put on toilet duty for three days so I would learn a lesson in humility and I tried to keep my head down and focus on the tasks I had in the repairs and upgrades section, but Flack wouldn't let me breathe. I knew my girlfriend didn't want to have any problems with Flack, but then Flack pushed me way beyond all my limits. We had a large order of tablets come into the store because our back warehouse space served as a rental of sorts for smaller stores within the neighborhood. Flack had put me on offload and catalog duty, and I was going at it for about 30 minutes when I noticed there was an error in the unit price for the tablets on our inventory spreadsheet. As the assistant manager, Flack was responsible for double-checking details like this, so it was obviously a mistake from her end. But when I went to find her and show her the error, with relief that it hadn't cost us a ton of money, she snapped. She accused me of re-inputting the wrong prices and trying to pin it on her. At that point, I had zero patience left to deal with her drama. I raised my voice to match hers, and I bluntly told her that the mistake couldn't possibly be my fault because she was the one who had editing access to the tabs. I told her plainly that I'm not like my girlfriend, and I won't let her pin the blame on me. And that's when she got really red in the face. And I may have exaggerated when I was telling my girlfriend about it by saying that she got cartoon red, because I honestly thought that's what she looked like at the moment. Anyways, she was really angry, and before I knew it, my cheek was stinging. Flack had slapped me, and that's when I confirmed what I already knew, that she was a bully, and like every other bully, there was something that could be her undoing. She loved the power she got from the job and her title. Being able to lord it over someone who feels she's wronged her is simply the icing on top of the cake. But I was about to smash it out of this world and straight into space. So while she pleaded and told me she wasn't thinking and she really didn't make the error in pricing, I was plotting in my head. Flack was the image of remorse, but I truly had enough and there was no backing out of the plan that was building in my head. 
All the BS that she had done had to come to an end, and a fine from the county jail would not be enough punishment for torturing me, not to forget my girlfriend, for several weeks. So instead, I told her that I would forgive her. She was compliant and apologetic, and she signed a check for all the outstanding off-day payments, but none of it was enough to change my mind, and I set my plan in motion. Over the next two days, I was Flack's best friend at work. If she needed something done, I volunteered. If she needed an extra pair of hands, I was instantly less busy. And as I predicted, she got used to it. I wanted her to get comfortable with me and she did, because the remorse from the slap and the satisfaction of having me do her every bidding made her feel like we had an understanding. But I was only setting up for the finale. A week after she slapped me, I created a fake Tinder account when I knew that she was on the app. She had mentioned it to me in passing when she was trying to defend herself as not being bitter about my relationship, and according to her, she just didn't understand why my girlfriend had refused to come clean, because she doesn't believe her ex lied about it. I had more than a few opinions, but I couldn't be honest yet, so I nodded along. My girlfriend wasn't super on board with the plan I had, but I told her Flack had to feel just as humiliated, or more, as she had made us feel, so she went with it. Then I told my cousin who lives in Canada, and he was happy to help me get back at her. He created the account and gave me access to it so I could find her and match. It was a long shot, but my cousin's good looking, it runs on our genes, and I was willing to bet on it because Flack had the desperate vibes down to a T. She matched with a fake account, and my girlfriend and I catfished her for about two weeks. She was already telling people about the new toy she found barely a day after we matched her on Tinder, and I knew the rest would be easy. My girlfriend sent most of the messages so Flack wouldn't suspect anything when her new toy sent her flirty messages during work hours, and then I went in for the kill shot about three weeks later when she wouldn't suspect any resentment or revenge coming her way. We scheduled a date with her via the catfish account, claiming we couldn't wait to see her and she was obviously excited about it. The D-Day came and I told Flack she could head out early for her date so she could get over the initial jitters and I would close up for her with one of the other guys since I was staying late to replace a customer's laptop battery. Our manager was really strict about who got close to the store because millions worth of devices were literally in there. So Flack wasn't sure about handing over the passcode for locking up the innermost part of the store. But I convinced her that I wouldn't rat her out, so she left. And then I convinced the two guys who were still working the floor to head out earlier, since I might stay a while. As soon as everyone left, I went to Flack's closet-sized office and grabbed the management device that she used like a staff of power on the floor. It's a mini tablet with functions like setting the digital signage for sections of the store. I sent a short adult entertainment video clip to the device and changed the scheduled signage display for the next day to play the video a few minutes after she came in and turned all the signage on. Obviously, I knew she was going to be stood up because there was no one meeting her at the scheduled date. And just as she would be preparing to rant about being ghosted, she would have to deal with this mess too. Then I locked up the store properly and double checked that everything was safe. And the next day, I almost didn't bother going back since I'd lost all appeal to work there, but I needed to see how it would play out. So I went to a cafe right beside the store to watch her grand entry. 
the cafe opened about an hour before the store did so I could catch every moment before heading to clock in. As predicted, Flack came in earlier than usual looking angry at the world, which was nothing new but it had a more intense feel than her usual attitude. She opened up the store and went about her typical routine of checking to make sure inventory was right from the last sale of the previous day and whatnot. Then she hit the lights and went to work on the schedule at the checkout counter, and as luck, or unfortunately for her, would have it, a customer walked in right at the time we actually opened for business. And just as she turned to attend to the customer, the video started playing on the four huge section screens that were supposed to show welcome designs before announcing the available deals. The audio was off because I'm not entirely cruel, but the video was enough to make the woman blush tomato red and Flack looked like she wanted to burst out at the seams. Not one to leave anything unfinished. I walked in calmly, clocked in, apologized to the customer and told Flack I'd help her fix it and she should try not making mistakes like this often. After all, it didn't speak well about her to think that she's watching that on store property. As the meme goes, she was too stunned to speak. I sorted out what the customer needed, and when Flack started storming my way, I told her to not bother trying to rip into me. We were even. She could try to report it to the manager, but there was CCTV video of her slapping me across the face in an otherwise non-violent situation. How does it feel to be made responsible for something you had no part in? She had no answer, and then I drove the last nail in. How was your date last night? But I didn't wait for an answer and the rest of my summer working there was perfectly uneventful. Honestly, I feel like I would love it more if she was just trying to like figure out how OP knew that they were having a date that night, and now that they made a connection that OP was behind the date. What do you guys think is more satisfying? Them constantly trying to figure out how OP knew they had a date lined up, or them knowing that OP catfished them for weeks and made them go out to a date that never existed in the first place? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. That said, our final story of the day is my twin stole my identity. Identity theft is one of the most common crimes in the US with over a million. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 
people experiencing it every year. When you hear about someone's identity being stolen, it initially sounds kind of funny until it directly happens to you. It's especially hilarious when you find out that your identical twin is the culprit. I'm a 26-year-old man, and my twin brother Luke, fake name, is also the same age, were the first children in a Mexican household, older than the three other siblings. Right from when we were much younger, Luke has always been a little terror. Our mother used to say that we were triplets in her womb, until he absorbed the third sibling before we were born. I never believed her until I got a lot older and did my own research. Plus, it totally seemed like something that he would do. As children, Luke preferred his solitude to the company of anyone. He was the older twin and, despite being identical, we weren't really that hard to tell apart. He was the quiet, brooding, mysterious child, while I was the one who was in love with life and everything around me. As young as preschool and kindergarten, Luke liked to cause trouble for his teachers and classmates doing silly things like dropping decapitated frog heads and live insects on the teacher's desks or between the pages of a student's books. They had no idea he was the one until the decaying bodies of all the animals he beheaded started to stink up the place and were found in the little shelf underneath his desk. Parent-teacher meetings were always filled with the same complaints, but somehow our mother only saw her son as misunderstood. He managed to convince her that he was a perfect little thing and the school just hated him. I didn't get left out of the messes he created, as much as I wanted to be. Despite being the younger twin, I was still told to take care of and keep an eye on my brother. My mother even accused me a few times of not caring about my brother and not taking some of the blame for him, outrightly letting everyone know about his terrible attitude. My parents had a lot of pride so having their child embarrass them this way was somehow the fault of everyone but the child. As young as I was then, it felt like the expectations were a lot, coupled with the fact that our parents were always working, and I basically had to babysit my siblings all by myself, because Luke never helped to do anything but get himself and me into trouble. From as young as elementary school, I knew that I needed to get away from home. I thought of running away, but... I couldn't leave my three little siblings at the mercy of a ruthless Luke. He wasn't exactly helpful with taking care of them and he was something of a bully as well. The guidance counselor at school was a neighbor and a friend of my family, so she knew almost firsthand what went on at home. She was also kind and cool enough to give me a listening ear when I complained. I know that's kind of what the job of a school guidance counselor is, but a lot of them don't actually give a crap about the students. She gave a crap and helped me seek out solutions that I probably would have never have thought about. She gave me two options, to either speak to my parents about changing schools and risking getting told no because of our poor financial situation, or trying for scholarships to other schools that weren't far from home but offered better benefits. I took the latter opportunity and she, the guidance counselor, helped me out until I got a scholarship into a private school that wasn't too far from my old school. It was the start of middle school, so it was perfect for me to get a new set of friends, a reputation other than being the twin brother to that one rambunctious kid, while still being available to help with my younger siblings. Things were going okay for me, until one day I was called into the principal's office on account of theft. I wasn't believed when I said I wasn't the one, and there was even footage to show how they identified me. 
It took a ton of effort and convincing to get them to believe that it really was my identical twin brother. I had to bring him into the school, which was another hassle because he made me pay him $100 before my name was cleared. On our 14th birthday, our parents asked us to decide what we wanted. I asked for a laptop, and my brother asked for the monetary equivalent of my laptop. He got his first tattoo that day, much to the chagrin of our parents. Unbeknownst to us, the tattoo was a sign that he had joined one of the most dangerous gangs in town. His behavior became even worse after then, skipping school and sometimes not coming home for days on end. During this time, I had to show up at both his school and mine, and sometimes sleep in his bed while putting pillows under my covers because our parents hardly checked on me, but they'd started to look closer at him. I assumed that doing these things for him would make him kinder and more considerate to me, but I was so wrong. Even when he got put in jail the first time and I answered the phone as my father and came to bail him out with my own money I'd earned from my job, I was rewarded with a punch that nearly reset my jaw. He expressed his thanks by selling my laptop a few weeks later, beating me up mercilessly with a few friends of his after our parents made him buy it back. By the time he was 17, Luke had been to nearly every behavioral facility and delinquent center in town, either getting transferred or kicked out when they realized he was too much for them to handle. At 18, while I was preparing to go to college, my twin brother was already expecting his first child with his girlfriend from school and also going into court for car theft and assault, which earned him seven to nine years in jail. It was an emotional time for my family, and Luke even cried, promising to be a better person when he got out of jail. We all hugged and tried to see him whenever we could, also promising to take care of his own small family. I tried to be there for Luke's son as much as I could as a working college student, and time passed pretty quickly. I graduated with a degree in marine engineering and got a job by sheer good luck, but it paid well enough to take care of myself, some of my parents' bills, and my twin brother's small family. His son was about six years old when Luke got out of jail, and it was barely a few days before our 25th birthday. The rest of our family threw a nice celebratory welcome home from jail slash birthday party for us both, and it was great for getting reunited. Luke and I got talking, and he expressed how much he had changed from being in jail all these years, and how he wanted a better life for himself. I could see some change, because he finished high school and got a business degree while doing time. I didn't have anything against my twin brother anymore, and I really just wanted him to do well for himself. It's why I searched for the best paying job that I could find and overstated his abilities in his resume just so he could get the job. Even after he had something that he was doing that paid well enough, I noticed that my brother and his now wife still expected things from me. I still paid their kids fees, their rent, and a couple of other small things that I knew they could handle without me. I've never been one to confront, because I hate it more than anything, so instead I made plans and moved states, lying to my whole family that my income would lessen as I moved. Thankfully they got the hint, wished me farewell, and I left. When I was away I tried to get updates on Luke and his family, because I really wanted the best for my brother. We didn't have any chance to bond growing up, and it felt nice to finally be led into his life. As months passed, the information I got concerning his well-being reduced. 
I didn't think much of it because right from when we were kids, he didn't feel the need to tell anyone about what he was up to, and being in jail means that there was barely any privacy for him. I continued with my life, got myself a little dog, and just lived as normally as I could. Towards the end of the year, I traveled for a job offshore and stayed there for nearly three months. There was barely any reception, so I couldn't speak to my family as often as I would like. At the end of my three months, I returned home to find my neighbors in my apartment a little more chummy than usual. It surprised me, but I went along with it. After I'd rested for a few hours, I decided to see how many calls I had missed, and was incredibly surprised to see many calls from American Express. My mail was overflowing with overdue rent and bill payments, and the little piggy bank I saved money in that was kept in my room was broken open. I also lost a few more items, a lot of my clothes and shoes, my phone and even kitchen utensils. I expressed shock at how much was stolen from me despite the security in the apartment building. Swallowing my pride, I spoke to a neighbor about a possible break-in. She laughed and reminded me that I'd started packing a week ago, letting her know that I was moving back to my old town to be with family. Somehow I was able to get more information that my brother had been living as me for the past three months, spending all my money and destroying my reputation while I was away at work. By the end of my search, I found that Luke had actually changed my car details, gotten himself a car, and put some down payments towards a house in freaking California. I was mad, hurt, and upset to learn that my brother, who I thought had changed, did all of this. Not only did he completely ruin my credit score, he stole all my hard-earned money as well. Before taking any action, I called my parents to let them know my grievances. Both of them cussed me out for speaking about my brother in such a light and said that I should be grateful that I'm even able to help the prodigal son of our family, because apparently it's a blessing. They also went ahead to tell me that money could be made again, but something as huge as him getting a house with my money was a good thing. That was the bit that made me livid. Right after my call with them, I called the police to let them know that there was someone who looked like me walking around with my ID cards and pretending to be me. Luke isn't the sharpest tool in the shed, and he was arrested in almost no time. I decided to take the case to court because it seemed like he hadn't learned his lesson after all those years in jail. Maybe this was what would teach him. My parents tried to get me to settle it out of court, but they were part of the reason that my twin brother ended up the way he did. The fact that they still supported him after everything he had done to me was incredibly baffling. Luke was sentenced to 10 years in prison for identity theft with heavy fines and he had to pay me back every dime that he took. I walked out of that courtroom feeling the most satisfied I'd felt in the longest time. I might be the jerk now, but my entire life I had done nothing but be understanding and kind to my brother. He deserved jail time for his crimes. It's been almost six months since he went to jail and my parents have refused to speak to me. My younger siblings are more reasonable and we talk every now and then. Luke's wife is also filed for divorce and is in the process of moving out of state for the well-being of her son. I still help them out when I can, but only because I don't want my nephew's life ruined by his father's stupidity. I mean, you can tell OP's a definite good guy. They're trying to help out where they can and, I mean, I feel like they had a reasonable amount of patience for the amount of stuff they had to put up with. 
I mean, I've never really considered the reality that if you're an identical twin, you could really be easily screwed over by somebody that just looks in every way identical to you. Usually you hear about twins and they're wearing the same clothes and if they have tattoos, they've got the same tattoos practically, they're like telepathic. Honestly, I don't hear of too many identical twins that are like this that just are so starkly different. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.